0: It is really good to be here with you. My name is, again, Jason. I am the senior pastor here at the house. 26 years ago, I was sitting in a room kind of like this, I guess. Um, it was a college ministry meeting on a Tuesday night. Um, it was my freshman year um, of college at the University of Washington in Seattle. There is a Supersonics t-shirt in this room, and I'm so excited. Okay, anyway. Um, I remember wondering when I walked into a room kind of like this as a freshman in college, Um, what like I really was curious like I wonder if God if he's real has anything in store for my life and as people sang songs in a room like this I wonder if it mattered that some people were like raising their hands or some people seemed to know all the lyrics and I I didn't necessarily I I, does God hear us I was asking questions like this I remember how the preacher seemed to know certain things From the scriptures or about human nature and I don't even know if I ever used the phrase human nature at that point but I remember wondering like how does this guy know those things and and like is he the same guy on stage as he is at home like I remember actively kind of thinking about all these things and underneath those questions I think I was just trying to figure out what I was doing in my life I mean that's really what was going on what kind of person do I want to be who am I going to surround myself with who who do I want to follow who do I want to become These are questions I hope that you never shake, but a lot of us are waking up to them in new ways when we come to college, and that was me for sure. And as I was sitting there with all these questions, I knew that I was at a kind of crossroads because there were all these opportunities in that room that night, just like there are in this room tonight. Opportunities to make new friends, opportunities to develop community, to learn skills, to grow in my knowledge of God, but of the world of community of men, of women, the scriptures. Opportunities to serve my peers and to grow as a leader. Opportunities to to travel around the nation or the world on mission trips and and service opportunities uh, with other college students. Opportunities to be mentored and to mentor people. Really, opportunities to go on adventures that I might never go on again once I'm out of college. And I kind of had a sense that that I was at that kind of crossroads. And I knew that saying yes to any of these things would change the course of my life. I knew that saying yes to any of these opportunities would mean that I'm saying no to some others. And I know that many of you, maybe all of you are in that place too, and I know that your life is holy ground. I know God made each and every one of you on purpose. I haven't met half of you or more. When I do, if I do, I already know a lot of things about you and one of the things I know is that God loved you into, into existence and is sustaining you at this very moment by the word of his power and he is bent on your glory being manifested along with his. And when I think about that, when I think about you coming to here, like here, spending Tuesday night, your first week of college this year, to worship God and to be open to what he might have in store for you, quite frankly, I'm blown away. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're here. I know that in the next few weeks, many of you, especially freshmen, are visiting and doing a whole ton of things, trying to find community or someplace to belong. And to honor you, I I just, I want to be utterly clear about what you can expect at the house. I feel this kind of weight every year in the first few weeks, like, oh my gosh, as people are asking questions about where they're going to kind of sort and and create relationships and stuff, I don't want you to have to guess. I don't want you to have to wonder, like, what is this place about and what do they want from me? And is this a place where I can belong? Can I trust people here? Is there a chemistry enough to vibe with some folks here? Is this a place? I just don't want you to have to guess. So I'm going to try to be just really straight up with you about what the house is and what we're about. So to see if that's something you want to be about too while you're in college, okay? So we want to bring college students to a deeper knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. That's, that's it. Um, we want you to discover that Jesus is a really good king and he's worth following with everything you've got. We want you to discover the wisdom and trustworthiness of God, especially as he shares that with us through his people and his scriptures and his sacraments. We want you to become wise not just to get a job. We want you to become wise, to exemplify courage, to champion curiosity, and to help us embody Christ-like hospitality on this campus and in our city. We don't think people need to come in knowing all the answers or knowing how to do all the things. At the house, we don't believe that you, um, that you sort of uh, behave your way into the kingdom of God. Some of you may just be looking for something really cool and I just think we're going to disappoint you if that's what you're looking for and I need to be just straight up with you about that. Um, there are a lot of things that we do that are pretty cool. There's a lot of people here that are really cool but we have zero commitments to being cool and so that's just a fluke when that happens. So just, just heads up, okay. Um, we are committed though to King Jesus and to his kingdom. We're committed to the local church. Not necessarily one local church But the reality that God is at work in and through his local churches in the world. He's designed it that way and we want to work in partnership with them and encourage you to get involved with them to be an integral part of the life of local churches one day to lead local churches whether that's on staff or as lay people. One day when people talk about the church they will almost exclusively be talking about you and your generation. We want to help that process. We're committed to giving you leadership and service opportunities to help you grow into Christ-likeness. My hope tonight is not that every single one of you becomes a student leader at the house. I, 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 that's not my hope, okay? There are a lot of great campus ministries here at UTC. And maybe the chemistry or vibe or other traditions of another ministry might be more helpful for what God is doing in your life. And it would be an honor for me to help connect you with one of my friends that's a campus pastor in another ministry, if that's, if that's what you want. But for those of you who do have a heart, mind for the sweeping kingdom of God and for those of you who want to wrestle with the scriptures who want to serve and take ownership of your faith for those of you who are grateful for honesty and curiosity and dialogue this might be a place for you I know I'd be thankful to get to spend a few years getting to know you and to discover what God has in store for each of us and the other to see how each of us can look more and more like daughters or sons of the God Most High because of Christ's work in each of us. All right, so look, I want to be helpful as you're making decisions about how to spend your time this year. So if you have theological questions, uh, if you have questions about the house or, or, or what the house, how the house exists as a nonprofit organization in our city, if you have questions about opportunities for growth or belonging, or you want to get connected anywhere else in the city, ministries or churches or something, please just ask please ask somebody on stage find us on instagram find our website we would love to help connect you and enter into those those conversations with you i want to say yes to whatever god is doing in your life i am here for you you're not here for me so i'm thankful you're here i have not earned the right to preach to you tonight and to lead you in the worship of god it is just a gift and i know that I hope to honor you, so thank you for being here tonight. Tonight we begin our 30th year of ministry on this campus, and this semester until fall break, we're going to be, sorry for already bringing up fall break, but there you go, okay, we're going to be preaching and teaching on Tuesday nights through something called the Lord's Prayer. This prayer is prayed at almost every church service around the world in various languages. It has almost certainly been prayed every single day for the last 2,000 years on planet earth. It is prayed at weddings and funerals. Many Christians pray this prayer as they get up in the morning and as they go to bed at night. It sits at the center of one of the most significant passages in the New Testament called the Sermon on the Mount. And in our text tonight from Luke chapter 11, when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them how to pray, he taught them a version of what we would call the Lord's Prayer. Which is maybe a strange title because it's actually the way we're supposed to pray. Uh, there may be other candidates for something like the Lord's Prayer, but that's, that's the name that it, has, that it has, and that's the name we use. In the weeks ahead, we're going to dig into this and learn about who God is and who we are and what it looks like to live daily as a follower of Jesus and practical things about prayer and all that kind of stuff as we unpack the Lord's Prayer, okay? But tonight, all I want you to see, all I want you to see tonight is that the disciples of Jesus ask him to teach them how to pray. As if it's not obvious. As if you don't just come out of the womb knowing how to do this. As if when you're standing, a bunch of us gather around here. It's like 30 or 40 people gathered around here at 7.30. If any of you ever want to come and pray before the house, a bunch of us gather at 7.30. We don't often advertise that, I suppose. But, but you can come and just pray for the night here. Um, and, and if one of those people standing in the circle is like, I don't know how to do this. Like, you're not alone. The disciples of Jesus ask him, teach us How to pray. And in this gospel account, Luke, which is the third letter or book in what we call the New Testament, a lot has happened in the first 10 chapters. Jesus had cast out demons and fed thousands of people miraculously. He'd healed people. He'd been transformed into a kind of radiant glory before three of his best friends. They had lived a lot of life with him at this point. He'd already sent them on mission. They were already doing what Jesus had called and equipped them and taught them to do. And then one day they noticed Jesus praying at a certain place and there must have been something about the way that he was praying. He must have been pleading with his father in a kind of desperation or or praying for the same thing like over and over and over again, something, whatever it was that he was doing. They noticed something about the way Jesus was praying which made them want to learn more. It's a tremendous mark of a disciple of Jesus, is somebody who's ready to learn more. This isn't in my notes, so you you do, you guys who don't know me, you need to be careful now. Let's check your watches or something, okay? But uh, but but there's sometimes there's this there's this tendency we have to want to like flex or peacock or like prove to people that we don't need to learn more. I already know. The God of all creation came into the universe as a little baby and needed to be taught how to speak by his mom. It's okay. It's okay if you don't know everything right now. The disciples saw something in Jesus that made them curious and they wanted to learn. So they they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. These men who've been following Jesus for a long time, they were doing the things Christ had commanded, right? And yet they recognized that they need Jesus to teach them something new, something which, quite frankly, many of us in this room probably think is a really basic thing. And friends, if they needed Jesus to teach them how to pray, it's okay if we need Jesus to teach us how to pray too. Many of us, I think, feel so ashamed that we don't know how to do all the things And y'all are like just getting started. But some of you are walking into this room worried that you might not be able to perform in some capacity. Or what the people sitting to your right and left think about what you know. Or we're embarrassed that that we don't know, you know, what all the things are or something. Like there's some people in the room who do seem to like raise their hands when they sing and is that something I'm supposed to do? And there's somebody in the room who like says, hmm, at certain points when like a preacher person preaches and and it's like, "Am am I supposed to do that? And, like, how do they know the moments that they're supposed to go, hmm, you know, or whatever? Like, what is that? You know, and even those moments, instead, we can mock or, or, or we can, but I'm actually really curious about how even things like that can trigger insecurity in us, actually. Often our mocking is just, a, is just covering up a ton of insecurity, in fact, you know? We may not know what the word sacrament means. That guy up front said sacrament. What the heck is that? What did I walk into tonight, you know? Or if there's a difference between, I don't know, following Jesus and being a disciple or being a Christian or all those the same things, I don't really know. Deeper still, let's take it another level down. How do I come to know what God's voice sounds like in my life or if he speaks at all? How do I know that? Do all these people sitting around me know that? How do I ever make sense of the scriptures? Can I really have a new kind of life given the history that I've come from? How can I overcome the temptations and traps that I keep falling into? I don't know how. It's okay if you don't already know how to do all these things. You do not need to know how to do all these things or really how to do anything to begin to follow Jesus. You do not need to know how to do these things in order for you to be a part of the kingdom of God. Our belonging is won by God's love for us in Jesus Christ. Our belonging is a gift of grace. Our invitation to the party is grace. The power that we have been given in the Holy Spirit to conquer sin in our lives is grace. Even the very desires that we might have to follow God are given to us by grace. The scriptures tell us the church has been teaching for 2,000 years. If anybody in this room even has a desire to follow God, it means the Spirit of God has already been at work in your life. There is no distance between you and God in reality there. He is nearer to you now than when you first believed. And though you might reach for him and cling for him and try to seek him out, he is not far from you. All is grace, all is grace, all is grace. What is it that you want Jesus to teach you how to do? How do you want to grow what is it that you want to learn as you begin to embark upon this new year of your life i know it's not a calendar year but uh, but as we grow up conscious of school years they frame largely the way we think about time the beginning of a new school year is full of possibilities friends what do you want jesus to teach you this year who do you want to become kayla would you throw that picture up for me all right, this picture, I don't know if you can see it very well, but it'll make sense as I explain it. This is from May 17th, 2014. Three of my best friends uh, from the West Coast, um, they, f- they flew from Washington into town to spend some time with me. Um, for those of you who are trying to, like, think about how old I am or whatever, I don't know. This was when Captain America Civil War came out. Or no, Winter Soldier. That was, that was it. Okay, that's how I framed this time. Um, okay, our last night together after these guys were hanging out with me for a few days, um, my friends, particularly uh, the guy kneeling and the guy on the left with the sweater and the drawstrings, um, the bald guy up there, um, they uh, bought my son a bow and arrow. I had to look at the date. My son was five. He was probably a little young, but anyway. Uh, but they bought my son a bow and arrow, and when we brought it home, my son, of course, wanted to shoot it. It was night. I have, like, some lights on from a car, I think, to make sense of this thing. Uh, but, but they were going to leave super early in the morning, And my son really wanted to shoot this bow and arrow. The trick is, I had no idea how to teach my son how to shoot a bow and arrow. I'd shot bows and arrows. Bows and arrows? I don't know what the plural is there. I'd shot bows and arrows. I'm gonna say that confidently. maybe that seems like it should be an easy thing to do if you've done that before, but, but, it, but here's what happened to me. As soon as I thought this, I'm standing outside like this. We set up, what's the little thing called? Somebody here hunts or something, right? What's a little thing called you shoot at? Just target? I don't know. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> you guys are like, no, it makes sense. You don't know how to teach them. Okay, uh, so we set up this little target, whatever like that. And I'm just about, like my, my friend Joe hands me the bow and arrow and it hits me. I don't know how to do this. But then this cascade of thoughts comes in. Not only do I not know how to do this, but I had really struggled to teach my son all kinds of things at this point how to tie his shoes, how to throw a ball. Like, I remember when he wanted to learn how to throw a football because I'm a big Seahawks fan and he likes to watch Seahawks with me, and yeah, go Hawks. And he, uh, he wanted to throw a football, and I remember getting so frustrated. And it wasn't at his inability, this is so sad, and some of you guys maybe need to hear this, this is not really healing for you, not to excuse lame dads like me, but just just so you don't take it on the chin. Like, my son might have interpreted that I was frustrated with him, but I wasn't frustrated with him. I was frustrated that I couldn't figure out how to help him. And he just saw me frustrated, you see? And I remember, like, gosh, teaching him to throw a football was hard. Teaching him to tie his shoes was hard. How to play Legos. Why is it difficult for me to teach him how to play Legos? I couldn't figure that out. How to draw. These things which, until he asked me to teach him, I didn't even realize would be hard. And the best I can guess, the best I can guess, is that I grew up with a single mom who worked two jobs a lot of the time, and like a smattering of like father figures in in and out of my life. And I don't recall being taught, in my first 12 years of life, I do not recall being taught anything practical, except how to box, Go figure. I, that just occurred to me. as the only thing I can remember. Uh, ironically, I'm really nervous to tell you this right now because of how I look, but I also was taught how to lift weights because I had parents that were bodybuilders. Go figure. Okay. Um, that ruined my, those little icebreaker questions about secret facts though, because that's usually mine. Um, okay. So I, I was taught a couple things, but that's like it. I don't remember being taught many things and I was like, maybe this is it. I just had to kind of figure out a bunch of stuff on my own my whole life. And so when my son wanted me to teach him to tie his shoes, I remember actually thinking, well, oh, I know how you can learn how to tie your shoes. Figure it out. Because that's how I learned to tie my shoes. I don't know, somebody, my wife was like, you know, the bunny ears through the rabbit hole. Thing. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but that's, I don't know, why doesn't he just figure it out? Like, I, I, look, I realized that there's this tension and gap in my abilities here. I, I was feeling that in this moment and so there i was with my friends sitting in the driveway and my wife's over here in the corner all of our kids are there i've got two daughters and a son all, all there as well these are at this time i like these really are like 80 percent of the most important people in my life all in this picture in this moment you know and i'm sitting there and all my friend says hey teach your son how to shoot the boat and i'm feeling all of this and they're all watching And I just feel like I'm going to be exposed as the kind of dad who doesn't know how to teach his son how to do a basic thing. And probably what's going to happen is I'm going to try, and I'll get frustrated with him, I'll get frustrated with me, and this whole thing's going to blow up into weird things. And these people I love and respect are bearing witness to it, and I was afraid that I would look like an idiot because I don't know how to do this. And by the grace of God, oh, by the grace of God, I looked at my friend Joe, and I said, Would you teach him? Thank God for Joe. He did. So this is Joe. That's not this boy's dad. That's my friend with my son. I'm the one taking the picture with tears streaming down my face. Uh, as I watched my friend Joe teach my son how to shoot a bow. Now, I didn't teach my son how to shoot a bow. But what my, friend, what my friend Joe gave me is he gave me this wonderful little moment where I got to watch somebody be a really good father figure to my son. And I got to take notes my friend Joe is teaching me how to be a dad in this moment. as I was watching, like, look at just the little things. Like, he's down on his level which maybe for some of you in like doing child stuff like with with your education and you think about working with kids you're like that makes all the sense in the world that was mind-boggling to me i'm like that makes so much sense i like get down on his level you know what i mean uh he was like pulling the bow with my son and i was like oh like you're, you're creating like this space for my son to like mimic your muscle movements and you're really shooting the bow first but he's just doing it with you and i'm like oh my gosh this makes so much sense now, it's not just this. This picture is crazy. This guy in the top left up there, this, this man has taught me how to be a good friend. He's taught me how to be generous. I didn't know how to be friends with guys. I didn't know how to be generous. He helped teach me that. This guy in the very back, you can't really see much, but he's got a little white stripe on his hat up there. He's holding my youngest at the time. Um, he taught me so much about grace. He's the godfather of my son. I'm the godfather of his son. We're best men in each other's weddings. He's taught me so much about grace and prayer and asking for help. My friend Joe, sitting down here on his knee, he's taught me about bravery and the importance of taking risks and that having integrity is different than just being blunt. Man, I need to learn that. I still do. My wife's ta- taught me everything. Okay, my wife's taught me everything. Uh, holy moly. Uh, here, here's the thing: here's the thing. If my friends weren't there, We'll bring this home my son would have been okay with me fumbling through and teaching him something he was pretty excited about the boat okay i'd be learning right alongside of him i could have learned along the way and with my friends there i get to lean into their strengths right my friend was teaching me how to be a dad it was it was so great to know here's here's the kind of the point about all this i didn't need to know all of these things before i was a dad it turns out i could have just learned it on the way and it turns out i also have a lot of other people who can help teach me all these things along the way And maybe some of you are thinking, if you're trying to connect the meta stuff of this sermon, I thought this passage tonight was about Jesus teaching us. Yep. But God, in His infinite wisdom, has decided to make Himself known through His people. He has promised to make each of us more and more into the likeness of Jesus as we follow Him. I mean, goodness, the name Christian literally means little Christ's. God's desire is that people would see you and give glory to him. That there would be some way that people come to know him through us. This is a deep dive into some really intense theology that we can maybe unpack some other time or just come talk to me. I'll be outside at the door over here. I'd love to chat about it. But I think it's even more important that people see Jesus when we're together than when we're alone. When we are together, do we look like Christ And what I was noticing in my friends is virtually everything they were teaching me is something God was teaching me in and through them as they were filled with the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't need to know all these things. I need to be in a posture where I'm invited to learn them however God wants to teach me. Most everything God has taught me, in fact, has come through His people. His people proclaiming the gospel, which means good news. If you don't know what that means, totally fine. His people living out the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord and how that changes how you pick majors and how you date and how you choose roommates and what jobs you pick and how you study and what you do with your thoughts and what you watch with your eyes and what you do with your hands or don't do with your hands or your body or anything else. Like the fact that Jesus is Lord is such good news that it changes everything. And when his people have proclaimed this and lived this out and looked like him, God has been good to give me whatever I've needed at any point along the way. In other words, Jesus, learning from Jesus often looks like learning from his people, whom he has empowered by the work of his Spirit. I did not need to know how to teach my son how to tie his shoes before I became his dad, and you do not need to know how to pray before you become a son or a daughter of God. What you do need to know is that Jesus will give you what you need when you need as you follow him, which is what we're going to explore for a few weeks here on Tuesday. So for now, here's this. You've got a lot of options right now, first week of school. You've got a lot of options for who you're learning from, who you're looking to, all that kind of stuff. Friends, Jesus is a better teacher. He's a better king than anyone else that you could learn from or follow. And he is more than okay with you not knowing all kinds of things tonight. He will teach you on the way. And it's my hope and confidence that as we see Jesus teach us how to pray throughout this series in the coming weeks, that we will trust him more and more to teach us everything else that we need. So friends, you are invited to come and follow Jesus. I'd love for you to follow him with us. And if you're thinking, I don't even know how to follow Jesus, then your invitation tonight is simply this. Pray this, Jesus, teach me how to follow you. That's it. Father, send your Holy Spirit right now. Help us to know. Help us to pay attention to what's going on in our mind and our hearts. Help us to be aware of the desires that we came into this room with, the ways in which we want you to satisfy the desires of our heart. Help my brothers and sisters in this room to to know those things and to name those things and then to give those things to you tonight in prayer. Specifically, help them to know how they want you to teach them, what they want you to teach them this year as they embark upon this next year of school. And God, demonstrate your faithfulness to them as you deliver on your promises. Show up for them in your church, in your word, in their lives by the power of your spirit, please, in Jesus' name, amen.